Kaya FM podcast. Kaya Talk on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air. Right, we'll start with uh, Dr. Frank Maguegre. He is a uh, certified financial planner and he's always a, you know, he's a constant contributor on this show, helping us with our finances. Now, in order to get our finances in check, we actually have to start managing them. And, and, and I think the first point in managing your finances is making sure that you have all the correct things in place. A very good evening to you, Frank. Thanks so much for joining me. Good evening to you, Sumitra, and good evening to Kaya FM listeners. Thank you for the opportunity to talk again about this topic of money. It is <laughs> central to our lives, Sumitra. This is it. And, you know, this is what I was saying. In order to manage our money, we need to actually, we need to f- to find out what we have, what we don't have, what we need to get to. We need to have some sort of plan. But, you know, okay. I'm looking specifically at that checklist, that to-do list that we know at the back of our heads that it needs to be done, but we're not actually getting to do it. What do you think are some of the most important things that need to go on that checklist? I think the first one, you know, given that uh, I'm now in my second decade of financial planning and financial coaching, what I'm learning from clients and uh, employees that I help with their finances is that um, very few people put time aside to meet them. Mm. to just look at what is going on in their finances. That's where I would like to start because to work on that checklist, one needs to have set time aside, whether it's half an hour on a weekend mm-hmm. or it's um, you know 15 minutes during the day. One needs to have the time to actually sit and think. It's so amazing to me that people spend so much time at work where we get most of our money, yet we just are not that disciplined in terms of, I almost think of it as, as having a date with your money, mm. where you sit down and then you really look into what is happening with this money that I work so hard for. So that's the first thing that I wanted to uh, talk about on that checklist. Please set time aside to look at your budget, for example, to I think look the... at your, 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 your bank statement. Often in South yeah. Africa, there's those debit order fraud. You know, there are now good opportunities to be able to reverse them. So just the time to think about that checklist, that's number one. Once you have set down, you, you have the time, what else then do you do? I would put on my number two, is to really interrogate why you do what you do with your money. You see, Smith, I haven't gone to the practical things about the wheel, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Because I find that the financial behavior aspect of it, we don't always emphasize it as financial planners, to really understand what drives what I do with my money. Think about it, ask yourself questions, you know, things such as, for example, budgeting that's a good financial habit, things such as saving for emergencies, for example, but really, is this money doing what I want it to do for me? Who's controlling who here? Mm. So money habit is what I would put as my number two. And where do we see this money habit, Sumitra? In my experience, a good place to start would be a credit report. Because I almost see a credit report as a map of our financial behaviors. Because it tells us who do I owe, how much do I owe, how well am I paying the people that I owe, do I have judgment, mm. do I have the garnish order, am I behind with any payment? So you can already see those questions. They help one to answer around money behavior, 
around the financial you know habits that I have in place. So it's my number three. I would definitely would put the discipline of constantly looking at your credit report. And of course, you'd know in South Africa we can get a free credit report from any of the big uh, the credit bureaus once a year. I think consumer right. education fits in there as well we need to remind people that this is free you get it free all you need to do is contact the credit bureau most of these things i mean i think almost every credit bureau is online so you can do the application online you don't even need to phone anybody you need to put in your id number put in the other details but you get one free credit report and this is what you need to be assessing on a regular basis so even if you pull it out for a year you have an assessment of where you are in terms of your finances, if you owe anybody, if you in debt anywhere, if you looking good, if you've got nothing on there, then that's good too. But this is what you actually need to go and get that that credit report to start with. My guess like is good financial habits, Mr. You're quite right. And yeah. Often what happens is people say to me, "No, but I know my things are fine. You know, I don't need to." And the thing <laughs> that's so critical about getting a credit report is that they are often either mistakes on the credit report mm. or, sadly, we do have ID uh, fraud, identity fraud in South Africa. Oh, yes. If you lose your ID or not even necessarily losing your ID, if someone that gets a handle or a hold, sorry, of, of some of your, financial, of your your personal details, they can go and spend and you, I've come across so many people who, for example, say, but I never uh, bought anything at Tupperware or at Avon, for example, yet it's there on their credit report. So it's also an opportunity to just make sure there are no funnies. You know, there are no things that you are not aware of on your credit report. I've even come across people's meters who did not know that they've got a judgment. Then they realize, yes, you know what, I used to owe this company and I stopped paying. And yes, I do remember it. Mm. You know, it's an opportunity to see those sort of things that might not always be top of mind. I think the... But otherwise, what I'm saying is it's not for people in financial problems. It's for everyone to just get a good grasp of what's happening to your finances. That's right. I'm talking to Dr. Frank Maguegue. He's a financial life planner, educator and coach. If you have any questions for him, give us a call. We're talking about your financial to-do list. The number is 086-00-00959. If you have any questions, call us. Frank will be happy to answer those questions. Frank, you know, we're talking about the bank statement. It's really important. I had a young lady that came to me last Uh week and said, and she's working, she actually has two jobs. So she's got two incomes. And she said that she needed to, you know, she's been talking about this for a while. So firstly, there's the fear of actually finding out what's going on within your finances. So she said she psyched herself up. Please, can I help her? And here's all the bank statements. So then we went through the bank statements and then I said, okay, fine. Let's, let's, let's start going through the bank statement and let's start pooling what you have. So then there was, you know, lots of small amounts for Uber. 20 rand here, 40 rand here, 50 rand there. Her Uber and they add up. So what we did, we pooled it. So we had airtime, um, we had Uber, there was entertainment, there was beauty. So we, we, just from the bank statement and when she came to me, she said, okay, I've psyched myself up. You need to help me. I don't know where all my money is going. That's what she said. When we went through it, then she could see. So we did an income and expenses statement for her and listed everything. Her Uber account was the second highest out of all the money of where our money is going. The highest was airtime. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this it is it. Of course, that's the power of just sitting down and saying what actually mm. happened because what has happened to our lives, Lisa, is that we use less cash. And of course, there's a lot of research that shows you there is a huge difference in financial behavior between the use of cash and the use of cards. One is a little bit less controlled when you are using a card. And so it's quite important to just have that discipline of saying, I am swiping during the month. Mm -hmm. Let me just have a look at what actually is happening. In fact, what you have just shared, I also did a similar exercise with an engineer. And his mm. number one was data and airtime. Yeah. It was about 4000 a month. Yeah. And was shocked. He didn't realize that you are spending that amount of money on data. So that's like the power of just checking what am I doing with my money. And of course, it's not about us judging to me. It's at the end of the day, the individuals must answer for themselves. Mm. Does it make sense for me to spend 4000 on data or yeah. 2500 on Uber, whatever the category is? I mean, she didn't realize until we did this exercise. So the awareness is it. Yeah. And then she said, then I said to her, I mean, if you're spending over a thousand, you're spending a thousand five hundred rand on airtime and data in a month, you can actually take out a package and reduce that in half. Correct. Yes. You could right. even consider, you know, all these new deals where maybe you could get a yes. Wi-Fi router at home or something like that to make it more cost effective. But this is where it is so important and, and I said to her, you made the first step in coming to me. And, and now that we've gone through it, you have an idea. So that you, and now I'm going to give you homework. You need to go and work on the airtime. You need to think of another way of transport and see how you can reduce yes. that. Even her bank charges shocked her. I calculated area, all her bank yes. charges for her. Mm. And even that surprised her. So, and she's, um, she's still sitting on a student account. So then I gave her homework. And I said yes. to her, in order to do this homework, you needed to actually first go through through the statement. So you've got to start there, like the credit report and the bank statement, understand where you are at financially. Correct. And then you can do the homework to start fixing it and get into that checklist, right? And of course, that works with a get you to a budget. Once you're looking at your cash flow, you're looking at what's coming in, who do you owe on, your, on the credit report. So certainly in terms of that checklist, the time to look at my finances mm -hmm. are quite important. Interrogating your money habits, things such as budget, and, and getting your regular, you know, credit report. And of course, another area, the person who came to you is a little bit of, you know, uh, coming to look for financial advice. And again, I always say to people, financial advice is not an indicator of financial problems. Mm -mm. We all expect a different things in life. And even the top tennis players, even the, you know, the top sports persons, they have coaches, they have someone that they rely on. And of course, with our finances, it's good to have an expert such as a financial planner or financial advisor. Even if we meet them once or twice a year, they can just answer some of the questions we may have and just guide us in terms of are we managing our money to make sure that it, 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 it does what we want it to do for the quality of life that yeah. we want. So now so you take... advice would also be on my checklist there, Sumitra. Yes. Get financial advice. I think, I, I mean, you know, in that checklist below that, it's also about assessing what I have and how to actually grow my wealth. Correct, yes. And of course, that talks to, you, you spoke earlier about consumer education, mm. that consumers often, they don't realize the difference between saving, which is not consuming money, putting it aside, for example, for emergencies, mm -hmm. and then investing, which is the idea of taking some risk to make my money grow. Yeah. So if you 
piling up savings and you're keeping that money in your bank account, for example, you know, the level of interest that you get there will not grow that money. So yeah. you, you save and you get to a point where you say, I think I've built up enough money for emergencies in case that something happens. I can quickly draw on this money. And then now I need a plan to grow my money. Mm. I'm going to consider things like unit trust, for example. So on that checklist, that's also quite important to me. Unit trust and like the tax-free savings account. Tax-free saving, exchange-traded um, fund. If yeah. you want to be a little bit more adventurous, get the help. You could start on shares, for example. Mm-hmm. Really just depends also a little bit on your risk tolerance. How yeah. much risk am I prepared to take? Because when we are talking about investing, as I said earlier, we're now saying I'm going to put money aside, ideally for a period of at least three years. And so the appetite that I have in terms of risk, because we do know if I put it in shares, the markets go up, markets go down. It's not like it's sitting in a bank account. Mm. And you get an idea. And often working with a you know, financial planner, or you could go online and have an assessment that can indicate to you kind of what's your level of risk tolerance. That's very, very important. Useful. Yeah. Because you can't go, for example, to Nitra and put all your money in, 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 in a unit trust that's only investing in shares. And then there's a, you know, a small deep market. You check your friend then statement and then you say, oh, no, I'm losing a lot of money. And so you need to have an idea of kind of what risk are you prepared to take when you want to grow that money. I think it's also just understanding where you're going and what you're doing, right? Yeah. So part of that is understanding, I mean, you know, part of that profile is understanding who you are and what are your yeah. commitments? What are your responsibilities? Correct. You may be a single person, but yeah. you could be taking care of somebody and then I you have to provide provide for them or you could have uh you could be uh, you know newly married and you've moved into a house then there's a house that you need to this is an asset and you need to take care of that so then you would need to look at life policies etc so it's always good to plan around your circumstances of where you are at look at everything and i mean i don't know how many people actually sit down and scribble there what they have what they have and 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 you know just make an assessment of okay you know, I, I don't think anyone's sitting there saying that I don't have anything, right? If you're sitting yes. there and you say, okay, fine, I own the TV, I own the couches, I don't own this house as yet, yes. but I own everything inside it. Make an assessment, you know, write it down how much would all of that cost. So just have an idea of where you stand as well. And and, and you would be surprised me to just how many people do not do that. I'll give you a quick example. One mm. of the ways of engaging clients that I do, especially those who are you know, in formal employment where they have an opportunity to uh, be a member of a provident fund or a pension fund, is just to ask them about their contribution. How much are you contributing? What fund are mm. you invested in with your employer? Yeah. You'd be surprised. Nine out of ten people, they don't know. Yet, is their mm. money being deducted every month from payroll to contribute to your, to your savings? I do the same for medical aid. Yeah. And you also will be surprised that people haven't actually applied their mind to your specific family needs, whether they mm-hmm. you know, chronic illnesses, for example, and choose the appropriate. And here we're not saying, you know, you need to be an expert on medical aid. Most companies would, would have a company that uh, they work with to help employees select the right medical aid product for you. So it's again about time. Really putting time aside, you say, let me just check my contributions to my pension fund. Let me mm. check what's going on with my, you know, with my medical aid because I always run out of money, you know, at the end of the year, as an example. Maybe I'm not in the right product as far as medical aid is concerned. So once again, it really comes to having that discipline to really 
put time aside to really go into an analysis of what's mm. happening in my money and planning for the future, planning for saving, for example. Another thing we haven't touched on, on the lead, there has to be protection to meet yeah. So just making sure that, you know, you have your uh, death, you, uh, 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 cover, funeral cover, sometimes people mm. call them that, you know, disability. Actually, you yeah. tell us, there is a higher probability of someone getting disabled, you know, that, than, than dying. Yeah. So often, people don't spend a lot of time thinking about their disability cover, income protection, for mm. example, should you be. So the protection element is so critical, yeah. especially what you've seen with COVID, Sumitra, that anything can happen, you lose your job. If you didn't have emergency savings, if you didn't have income protection, it's really a challenge for you and your lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, once we've done all of that, so we've looked at medical aid, we've looked at savings, we've looked at insurance policies, and that would include your short term and your long term insurance, uh, retirement annuity, another one. So many of us don't actually save for when we are older. So that additional is. This should be on the checklist? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And once you've done all that, it doesn't matter whether you know you are Frank McWebwe or you are Joseph, depending on where you are in life, mm-hmm. every single person will have some gaps that you need to cover with, with regards to your finances. Unless you are really, you know, I was reading an article that said, that was telling me that uh, there's 354,000 South mm-hmm. Africans who earn 3.5 million and higher. You know, unless you are in that 354,000, for most of us, you would have some gaps. I need to contribute a little bit more for my emergency savings. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to review my will for example. I need to check what's going on with my, you know, contribution to uh, to my retirement savings at work. So you have some work to do. Without that sitting down and doing the checklist, you really don't have an idea of where to start. Of course, other elements are more important than others, like having your, your, your will in fact, a valid will in fact. You must always add valid, like you said, in your interest meter. Can't be lying there, not signed, which means it's not valid. So the setting of time to do it is quite important. Absolutely. Frank, we're going to have to leave it there, but thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure talking to you because you give us such insightful advice on how to actually manage our finances. Thanks so much for your time this evening and go well. Kaya Talk on Kaya 959. On the street, on the air. Kaya FM Podcast. Go to kayafm.co.za for more.